0: Lannerman's on line one. It's the line
1: with the light that's blinking. Okay, Lucy. Thank you.
0: Margaret, what can I do for you? Hawk. My log has a message for you. Okay. Something is missing and you have to find it. It has to do with Special Agent Dale Cooper. Dale Cooper.
1: What is it? Welcome to Twin Peaks Rewatch from the Idle Thumbs Network. I am Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And here we are, Jake. It's, we did it. It's back. We, we did it, Chris. We did it. All of our hard work paid off. <laughs> yeah, so... So we watched new Twin Peaks last night. We did. For the first time in our lifetimes, because while we were alive during the original run of Twin Peaks, I don't think either of us... No, if you I... You a little older than I was. If I but.
0: ever watched Twin Peaks when it was new, it was by mistake when I was hoping my parents would change <laughs> the channel to something else. Right. Um, yeah, Showtime aired two episodes on TV and four episodes in total, episodes one, two, three, and four on the internet. This episode of this show, we're just going to talk about the first episode, about the season three, season premiere. um, We've
1: both seen the first two episodes. We throttled ourselves there because we thought it would be better for the podcast if we could try not have four episodes worth of knowledge in our head just as we're talking about the first episode. So we're going to, over the course of this week, I imagine just be releasing episodes over the next two weeks i suppose yeah
0: so uh, episode two our discussion of the twin peaks the return episode two will come out probably just a few days from now so right. you won't have to wait too long for us to get there um episodes three and four air on showtime on the tv network next weekend so like over the next two weeks showtime will release all four episodes to everyone and we will release four podcast episodes to everyone
1: yep so so Twin Peaks, The Return, episode one.
0: Uh, yeah, let's see. It was written by David Lynch and Mark Frost. <laughs> it was directed by
1: David Lynch, and yeah. it aired May 21st, 2017. That's going to be, those credits are going to be true for every episode in this season, right? Yes, yeah, so I think I'm exciting. probably just going to list the original air date.
0: I mean, okay. I, we'll see. We'll see.
1: See, how, see how, it, how it strikes you. So
0: We'll get a, but, one little Leslie linkaglotter guest appearance.
1: <laughs> so before we, um, we're going to share our just straight, reactions, I think. But as usual, as with all the episodes of Rewatch, I'm going to start off with a quick summary, which I think is going to be actually really important for this season because there are already a lot of plot threads. So in as we open the first episode of this season, Cooper remains in the Black Lodge, seemingly, where he continues to interact with the giant before uh, disappearing in a weird digital effect At the same time, a young man in a room in a New York City skyscraper watches a large glass box for something undefined to happen before illicitly letting his girlfriend into the room, starting to make out with her and getting murdered by a David Lynchian video effect. Um, (laughs) Cooper's doppelganger rolls up in a Mercedes Benz, kicks a guy's ass and meets up with his unsavory crew in the middle of nowhere and in buckhorn south dakota a woman named ruth davenport is found murdered in her apartment head severed and body missing paired with an unidentified male body in her bed and finally throughout we also catch up with a few old friends from the town of twin peaks
0: that sounds accurate
1: yeah uh
0: so you want to just talk about the episode in general yeah i i this episode, Twin Peaks was known in its time on television for being a very slow show. Like people talked about the scripts for Twin Peaks being incredibly mm-hmm. slim compared to how long an
1: episode is. This episode takes its time. Mm-hmm. This episode. Absolutely. Yeah. The, it It's like it's. The, the amount of time spent initially with Cooper where, you know, as is typical with Black Lodge scenes for all we know lots is happening but it's it's it's, it's so intentionally Abstract that we don't know if anything is. Right. It feels like you know th- those scenes are g- generally slow by design, and then we spend a really long time in the glass box room marinating before we have even the yep. slightest clue. And what's happening the there. the scene with the keys and the cops getting into the apartment yes, is very that is slow. Drawn, that, that's, <laughs> that's drawn out in a different way. That's drawn out in the sort of comedic way that yeah. David Lynch loves. But yeah.
0: the the thing that I found about this is when I got to the end of the first episode, I my my first kind of knee jerk reaction was a little bit of a crappy one but it was me going that was it that was all that happened and then yeah. i scrolled back through all the notes that i took for the podcast and went oh man okay i actually a ton of stuff a ton happened and stuff happens. and i took
1: a ton of notes it just like we just you didn't have any grounding for any of it cuz yeah, most of it was brand new and yeah it it feels like the sort of there's kind of a sense
0: of there's an in, in a lot of Lynch's episodes in the earlier show there's almost there's like there's a an undercurrent of like of urgency or like the sense that something is going to happen that is, and it's Im- it's imperative that the characters eventually sort of get to it, that emotional feeling is not present in this episode and all, it's way more like yeah, all of the emotions that it's dealing with are like slower emotions, I feel like, than, than the feeling, than some of the stuff that undercuts even the slow stuff that Lynch did in the earlier show. Yeah, and part I of think, that is because there's no context. You're no, right. No, I
1: think that's definitely true. But yeah, I, so Showtime is treating this like a new show. They're calling it Twin Peaks The Returns Season 1. Yep. Which I, I don't imagine there are going to be more seasons of this, but that's how they're referring to it. They're not mm-hmm. calling it Twin Peaks Season 3, uh, even though that's kind of how we're, we're referring to it. Um, and the last sort of so called series premiere of Twin Peaks was obviously the initial long episode, David Lynch pilot. Uh, I rewatched a whole bunch of Twin Peaks over the weekend, including the pilot. And it's a really interesting comparison because that pilot is one of the most gripping, tight, uh, just sort of um, coherent uh, pieces of television I think I've ever seen. That isn't People talk a lot about the legacy of Twin Peaks and how uh, so much of what it introduced is now sort of standard fare on television, especially sort of prestige television. But if you go back and watch the first episode of Twin Peaks, it is. It remains absolutely an incredible, and I think you singular piece of television in how much it, um, how much it tackles and how cleanly it does all of it. And it is that is very different than how David Lynch. Uh, treated this episode which is not sort of I'm not trying to compare on a quality standpoint but it is watching this episode felt like watching a David Lynch movie yes it felt like watching Inland Empire or Mulholland Drive or something like that yeah it's very different it, than it, it felt he, like a David yeah.
0: Lynch movie and it also felt as a piece of TV like he was coming at it trusting that the audience would watch more of it than this episode it yeah. doesn't feel like its job is to grab you and convince you to keep watching it it's sort of mm-hmm. like you're just gonna burn through yeah. these in your app or your DVR or <laughs> whatever like the show will be presented to you basically on a plate because you requested it and
1: I think that this this series is being made with that awareness in mind. Which is interesting because I've seen statements from both Lynch himself as well as people from Showtime Who and it's understandable why a Showtime executive would say this but nonetheless I've seen statements from, from Lynch and others that it's not necessary to be familiar with Twin Peaks before watching this and while there are so many new threads in this that that might be true in some sense. There's of there is very, li- as you sort of indicated, there's very little reason given in this episode to know why you specifically care about any of this stuff. And it seems to me without already having some amount of emotional investment in Twin Peaks and even in the few existing characters, we, s- I know that there are going to be lots more characters to come that we already know, but, Without some kind of buy-in, yep. it's hard to imagine knowing what to make of this episode if you haven't, if you aren't already dedicated to watching the whole thing. I, I tried to put myself in the mind of a non-Twin Peaks watcher watching this pilot, and I would, I would have no clue. I, I have no idea what I would think.
0: Yeah, I, I, I also found it hard to put myself in that mindset. But actually, I, uh, I realized we should put ourselves in in our own mindsets and communicate
1: what did you actually, what did you enjoy watching this? What did you think in general of this episode? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's hard to say. I think so. I loved how it looked. I mean, again, I loved how it looked and how
0: it, how it felt. Yeah. It
1: felt like watching a David Lynch movie. It really did. I mean, but including the fact that so much, I mean, the color palette was much colder than the twin peaks color, but it was a totally different Mm -hmm. color palette than twin peaks. Uh, had has a um stilted kind of dialogue approach that i think of as very much a property of of david lynch's work but less so in the original twin peaks show which has more of a sort of television yep. approach to dialogue um yeah i mean i i did like it a lot but it was really different than anything i would have expected except that as soon as i saw it it was it was I realized, oh, I sh- this is of course what I should have expected. I remember even sort of projecting on our our catch up podcast that we did last week. I bet this is going to be more like a David Lynch movie, and it absolutely was.
0: I, I feel the same way. Like I, when I was watching it, there, there was there was a hesitancy in me the yeah, entire time that too. I was watching, especially yeah. the first episode. But at the same time, I think I had the same experience as you, where I ended up burning through two episodes, uh, pretty yeah, much I devoured them, and then and then one. went. Jeez, I know the fact that there are two more out there right now. I want it's to keep watching yeah, this. Uh-huh. So it, it was a it was a strange feeling, and yeah, I, I know. Last week on the catch up episode, we we both said, "Oh, it's probably going to be more like a David Lynch movie." I didn't internalize how much that would be true, and when when watching this, I, or when watching this uh, premiere, I thought to myself. Jeez, okay. I went back and watched some old Twin Peaks. I listened to the old yep. episodes of Twin Peaks rewatch. What I should have been doing was rewatching a Lo- Like David I should have been watching Lynch Lost movie, Highway know, right? for the first yeah. time in a decade. I should yeah. have been watching Mulholland Drive for the first yeah. time in a decade. I haven't rewatched. I haven't gone back to those movies in a while. I an and I feel like I should sometime in the early, like in the first third of this season. Like I want to now because mm-hmm. this this episode reminded me. Of uh, things that I enjoyed about Twin Peaks, but yeah, it also reminded me like, oh, I just like David Lynch movies, yeah. and I haven't watched one in a long time, mm-hmm. other than
1: Twin Peaks. Yeah, I mean, this episode certainly reminded me that there is a sort of specific sensibility and uniqueness to to David Lynch's just cinematic world that is totally great and specific and uncommon, and on all of the. You know, I I think in part because he hasn't made a movie in over a decade. His last film was Inland Empire and that I think was not as widely seen as certainly Mulholland Drive which was a really which was a big success. And uh, Mulholland
0: Drive was also probably the closest he's gone back to the Twin Peaks Blue Velvet well stylistically and sort of content-wise. Yeah, but it is so
1: much more abstract than either of those. Oh yeah, things. it is. Yeah. It,
0: it's like the next sort of step up yeah, in on that. Yeah.
1: And you know, I think I I possibly in part because he's been less active in film and television in the last couple decades all things considered i think he's uh, there's a sort of this like meme that has cropped up which is like oh david lynch it's like when you do like wacky weird it's like david lynch it means like wacky and weird and surreal and sort of abstract but there is such a specificity to his brand of that that it feels it is really fascinating to get immersed in that again for the first time in many many years
0: yeah we can we can talk about this more when we get into the later episodes but even just my feeling of is this what i want is this the show that i want to be watching fell away the longer that i was watching it when i sort of realized oh man okay this is going to be a calculated experience built to be, like, mm-hmm. longer than just this episode. Like, you know. You know
1: what's also interesting is we know there are about 8 million Twin Peaks returning cast members yes. in this show. And we saw very few of them in this episode. Yep. And actually, if you go back and watch the uh, the original premiere of Twin Peaks. The pilot? The pilot. There are... There is not a lot of humor in that episode, actually. The the, the great majority of it deals with the immediate reaction to the death of Laura Palmer Palmer there is a lot of anguish and um, grief yep. in that episode. It isn't, you know, I think when, w- at least when I think of Twin Peaks, my sort of average of Twin Peaks is like half that and half sort of quirky, small town I think episode humor. three of Twin Peaks,
0: or AKA episode, I guess, what, I don't remember which Doesn't episode matter, number it the is, one that has, the one
1: that has Tibetan rock throwing in it. Yeah,
0: right. Is the that's one when, that, that's yeah. like the sort of tonal ideal of Twin Peaks for a lot of people, including me of the first run of Twin Peaks, where it's like, mm-hmm. there's, there is drama and anguish and guilt and all sorts and just freaky stuff. There's also weird humor. Like I think that's the point at which Ben Horn starts chomping his cigar, <laughs> um, and that's also like when the Red Room interjects. Like that episode, it it feels like it. Yeah, it takes it. It takes it a minute to get to get there
1: mm-hmm. though. And my assumption is that that is there is going to be a similar arc with I. I you know, I'm sh- there are going to be people listening to this episode who already. We'll already have seen all four seen episodes. Seen twice as much, yeah. yeah but, I, but I suspect there is going to be a similar arc, if maybe a muted one, because again, yep. David Lynch did not direct every episode of the original Twin Peaks, and the ones he directed tend to be the ones with more psychodrama and anguish. Nonetheless, I suspect there will be something of a similar arc. Yeah, I,
0: I'm a thing that I was wondering when watching this episode and the next episode is um, in what order this show was shot. And if Lynch's familiarity and sort of comfort with doing the show and the cast's familiarity with being there and sort of as they get into the groove of editing is going to change over the course of it, like I wonder how much of this was shot in sequence and how much of it wasn't. Because if it, and you know, if as a result of that we'll get the feeling of a longer TV season or of multiple TV seasons where like,
1: like, is this... Right, is there going to be material in the finale that was shot you know, before certain material in the premiere. Right.
0: And like, if, if it was shot reasonably linearly, it'll be interesting to see if Lynch hits a groove that's different or like, is this show going to change in age over the course of this 18 episodes? Or is it going to feel like this consistently is a thing that I'm interested in seeing.
1: I, because of how he's talked about it in terms of filming the whole thing and then finding the episodes and editing, which I think you mentioned on a previous episode, I suspect there's going to be less of that than in a traditional TV show, certainly, but we'll, we'll have to see. We will see. Um, so, oh, the, uh, one other thing I want to talk about before we get into this in general, we've only talked about David Lynch so far. That's true. How
0: do you feel about the presence of Mark Frost in this show?
1: So, man, that's actually something I'm really interested to talk about. And I think I I will be very interested to continue to talk about this dynamic as we get deeper into the show and we sort of see what more of like an average episode is, Mm -hmm. because I I think the, the first episode of a Twin Peaks season is never an average one. Yes. Um, I think it is very, it really, 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 I think shows the influence of David Lynch and Mark Frost as the two pillars of this show and nobody else. And what I mean by that is the sensibility is 100% David Lynch down to the just like DNA, and the scope is very Mark Frost. The scope is very sort of jet setting, like showing you the way this mythology leaks into different cities and different places around, I guess in this case, the, and, yeah,
0: the feeling of there being a bunch of disparate seemingly like narratively exclusive plots, but feeling the tendrils of they're inevitably going to cross over and weave into some weird interconnected mesh feels yeah. very much. I mean, that's what every TV show does that is of this type now, but, it, right, it, but the in, specifics of it feel very much like involving the things Mark totally Frost likes. Yeah. Like,
1: I mean, that is yeah, it it fe- that feels very, very Mark Frost to me, and the execution of every single part of it feels very, very David Lynch. Yeah. Yeah, the, it, the, this really feels like these two guys got their show back and just said... Like, word, like this is what I'm excited <laughs> about. Yep. This is what I'm excited about. Yep. We both think those are good ideas, so it's going to be a show. Like, that's... Yep. Yeah. yeah. That is exactly how it feels to me, and that is that was really interesting, and that was one of my... By the time – especially by the time I got to the end of the second episode, that was 100% h- how I felt. Yeah.
0: I've found that I'm enjoying that piece of it quite a lot of just yeah. like, okay, it's these two guys making their show. It
1: made it made the – when when the first episode ends and the first thing you see after the credits is that exact same Mark Frost Productions logo. Yeah. That was just felt uh, – I'm sorry, uh, Lynch Frost. Lynch Frost. Frost, the Frost like, Lynch, whatever yeah. it is, Yeah yep that, that really great that's a, such a great production logo that, I know
0: it, it, I'm glad they didn't
1: right. redo it or do anything I to it I am just like, I, yeah. just like and
0: I, you want that like sizzling scorching the, sound and strobe at the end of the episode
1: at the beginning of the show there's like that Rose Anova or whatever it is yeah production company that is the first one you see and I'm like oh is that the new yeah you know, nope the, <laughs> 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 like yeah,
0: yeah so you want to actually get into what's going on
1: yeah totally so um, so so I think the the most the, the thing that is the biggest question mark, at least that we determine talking to each other as we we're figuring out um, our sort of plot points for this episode before recording, where is Cooper in this episode? Yeah. Well,
0: before we even get into where's Cooper, do you oh, want to sure. talk about like just the very first? Oh, yeah. Because there's like the first two minutes of this episode before it even gets into the plot. It starts mm-hmm. off with... I'll, uh, the scene from the Red Room from the se- se- the series finale previously, mm-hmm. now known, I guess, as the season two finale yeah. of Laura Palmer saying, I'll see you again in 25 years to mm-hmm. Cooper. And she does the until then and does the hand signal the that meanwa- I... Meanwhile. Or meanwhile, and yeah. does a hand signal that I can't remember what it means. Then we just get...
1: Well, I don't know if we ever knew what it meant. No.
0: Right? Yeah. I, I, yeah. And then we get uh, just sort of some vignettes of the hallway of Twin Peaks High School. Uh, there's a strobed shot of the girl running the... Uh, mm-hmm. From the, pilot, from the pilot and then just some evocative footage of the trees before it zooms in on Laura Palmer's face. And then the Twin Peaks theme plays like the Twin Peaks logo just explicitly comes up over Laura Palmer's mm-hmm. homeschool photo, Yep, which, um, homecoming. or homecoming. What did I say? Homeschool? Home <laughs> Back when Laura Palmer was homeschooled. Uh, I don't know. I mean, th- what to make of that. I don't know or care necessarily, but I thought it was, it was it was a very assertive decision to just say yeah. to just put that picture up especially given all the things that have been said about like, is the show a clean break? Is it's starting over?
1: What, right. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, the, per- just, the percentage of the show that is concerned with that thread from Twin Peaks is low. Is low, but it opened with basically previously on Twin
0: Peaks. I feel yeah. like maybe that's just because they couldn't resist. Yeah. Because like, if you have a character say, I'll see you again in 25 years, then you make a new show functionally 25, 25 years. years. <laughs> like I think it's like 25 years,
1: 11 months. They just scooped yeah. under. Like, if you include Firewalk uh, with me, it gets close, I think. But yeah, yeah it's,
0: it's, it's a, it's a hardcore enough thing that maybe you have to do it just to, you have to put the footage in because like you did the thing that no I mean, one does.
1: David Lynch also just loves stuff like that. He right? does. Yeah, he loves embedding exi- like, whatever. It's uh, I I I liked it. I thought it was cool. I liked that it went right into the classic Twin Peaks theme. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, especially given how little of the show is scored yes you know I mean there's not a lot of music
0: no a- yeah Angela Badlamenti gets a p- top build music by credit
1: even yeah. though there was like some ambient drones in there well there's the music when Cooper rolls up in the bends yes that was pretty badass but that's a credited yeah, track that that's a credited not a Bad Lamenti was- thing there was one there was I should have actually researched this before we talked about it but there was a track in the credits that was composed by Battle of Menti, but then performed by another group. Okay. and I wasn't sure if it was that. Okay. or if it was something else. Yeah. Um
0: but yeah, then we have the yeah, the Twin Peaks opening credits which I very much enjoyed. I yeah.
1: No bird, no classic Twin Peaks no bird. No bird,
0: all new footage for the Twin our Peaks Twitter, credits. Our Twitter icon. That's fine. It was it was aesthetically cheesy, but I loved the David Lynch Lynchness of cutting from the shot going over the falls by the Great Northern to the billowing red room cloth mm. in a in a windy motion to evoke the same movement of the waterfall for no yeah. real reason. Yeah. Um. Anyway, whatever. We don't. But-
1: that yeah, that happens again right in this episode or episode 2 or like the cloth is used to evoke the fire burning thing Yeah, the,
0: the the cloth is yeah. a dynamic element seems to be a yeah. thing that he's into but I it was um actually the opening of the new opening explicitly cross-cutting between the town of Twin Peaks and the red room is a thing that would have never been in the original Twin Peaks because the Red Room wasn't really conceived as a tonal element of the show. And it's also interesting to me that they're just explicitly now in the opening of Twin Peaks saying, this is what Twin Peaks is. It's actually these two worlds. You're going to get, like, the just the the Red Room and just the sort of lore and the weird split realities of Twin Peaks feel like... That's yeah, what this season is going to be yes. about. I mean, we have it's
1: fundamental. We've this, seen two yeah.
0: Coopers in this episode, and yeah, this yeah. Is the opening credits are just like, all right,
1: mm-hmm. this is just so. Actually, let's let's just drill down on this. You keep okay. saying the Red Room, which is what I, which I had sort of carelessly called it beforehand, and you corrected me and said it doesn't look like it is that.
0: You're right. Yeah, sorry. I, we, I guess I think I we opened with the Red Room because we opened with footage from the 90s, but then when we actually see new footage of Cooper for the first time, mm-hmm. it's in black and white. It's him with the giant who is credited not as the giant or as any sort of other evocative name. He's the, his actor in the closing credits is just a string of question marks.
1: Yeah, which is which is weird. But well, his actor is the guy's actual name. But th- then yeah, his, his role his, is yeah
0: a, his yeah. role is credited as question marks. But yeah, that's you're right. I also at first was like, oh, it's the red room. It's it's not. It seems closer. Yeah, the floor it, doesn't have that zigzag pattern. Yeah, it seems closer in aesthetic to. The room from Fire Walk With Me that all of the sort of lodge mm-hmm. characters inhabit, which I think is supposed to be like a weird sort of shadow or mirror of the room above the gas station. Above the gas station. It, but even this looks different than that. Like it's it's evocative of that with the sort of like really dumpy furniture and the old like just the old dumpy furniture and the gramophone and the sort of really painterly textures on the wall and floor, but even mm-hmm. then it's not it's not literally it's not
1: the, the same. It's definitely not the same set. Yeah, which yeah.
0: I don't know what that means because when there are locations from Old Twin Peaks in this show they tend to be pretty
1: meticulously recreated. Yeah, so this being a different space
0: like it. it's hard to know if it's just if that has a specific if, meaning it or it feels
1: very intentional, but we yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we went the entire series and never never figured out what the intention was.
0: It it definitely
1: feels the way that like
0: Lynch sort of has the the, the sort of lodge space in the series was basically only the red room. And then in Fire Walk With Me, Lynch started, or even in, in the la- in at first it was just that one room with the chairs. And then in the last episode, Lynch sort of blew it out into being the curtain partitioned square rooms that seem to go on forever, but they have different spaces that mean different things. Then in Fire Walk With Me, there was the room that Laura walks into with the painting and the floral wallpaper and also the the space above the gas station. And it feels like this might just be him continuing to extend that space out, but yeah, to what purpose? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: So do you want to, I mean, I I think it is safe to wait and see on this thread, right? Do you want to move on?
0: Yeah. I mean, the giant drops a bunch of clues and drops a bunch of names. The number four thirty, Richard and Linda and two birds with one stone. He says a bunch of giant esque clues, but we don't know. They don't. Yeah. They're, they're left behind after Mm -hmm. this.
1: Yep. Um, so the I would say the, bi- the to me the the biggest thing the biggest sort of plot thread in this episode in part because it's the the next one we encounter and also because a lot of time is spent there and because weird shit happens is the guy in the glass box room. Yeah. Watching that. Uh we don't know what this is. It's funded by supposedly a billionaire. an anonymous billionaire. Yeah. Um, The guy who had this custodian watcher job previously saw something in the box but wouldn't say what it is. Um, This this box construction, this
0: whole conceit feels the most like something out of Lost or a modern... I mean, it feels explicitly like like Lost. It feels like the guy in Lost who's like, my job is to punch numbers into a
1: computer uh, in my geodesic dome. It feels like the stuff that Twin Peaks inspired. Yeah. yeah, Um, More than it feels like actual Twin Peaks, but also, who knows? I don't know. The... The way that it's treated once shit is in the box is, it's, exactly I know, how exactly. When I, when I first
0: it. saw, understood what this conceit was, when, you know, the guy's sitting there just watching along with four video cameras, the buzzer goes off and the voice says, camera three. And he puts, yeah. the, he archives the SD card in the little perfect yep. foam thing. I was like, God, this is just lost. Yeah. But then, yeah, like as, as this storyline progresses in this episode, as his girlfriend comes in and they start making out and Lynch keeps, Cross-cutting ominously, just to the shot of the box, and then to the shot of the camera mm. lens, then back to them making out, and it's just like they're not watching this, but the cameras are watching everything, and the box is basically watching them. Yeah, like
1: that. Yeah. felt really good, right. and like the just the the lost version of this, or the version of it that is like the 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 sort of general descendant of Twin Peaks version is much more clinical. Uh, much more sort of like concerned with like the technocrat like the technocratic sort of element Oh, of yeah, it. the computers the, would
0: start going crazy the lights would start flickering and they would oh, but uh, again, like all sorts like, of but again the but folk, the not folk, in a, Oh, man, that sounds like a lynch thing. Sorry, but in a bad way,
1: but I mean the what I'm what I'm saying is broader Which is that the focus of the show? In those scenes is like what is the mystery going on here right like, who made this and why which that is uh, I mean as a viewer that I, I care about that in this as well. Yes. But the thing that the show is concerned with in the moment is horrifying you in a visceral like unnerving you and horrifying you in a visceral way, not in a sort of yeah. like intellectual like
0: way. It was inevitable once they started making out that something would go yeah, wrong. Of course, yeah. But the way that the way that
1: Lynch drew that out was very good. Yeah. And also, he I mean, I keep saying, like, Lynch-esque effect, but it can oh, over Oh, can't it was overstate. so good. It's it was impossible. so good.
0: When, like, yeah, when, it, when the box started to darken, it was legitimately creepy and inevitable. And I was like, okay, here we go. Some weird yeah. shit's going to go down. Oh, I was so glad <laughs> that what went down was a glitchy-ass, like, weird, blurry, black-and-white effect that then killed them by motion blurring them. Yeah. Like, the actual, it, it, it was 100% the David Lynch thing where I was like it was like because of the way that the lead up was presented I was legitimately unnerved and freaked out by it and then when the creepy blur effect just sort of like wobbles on them I kind of laughed at how dumb it looked but then it kept going for long enough that it became slightly unsettling in and of itself successfully to me but at the same time my note said uh, they are murdered by a
1: special effect. Yeah, that's what I put too. And I, I said, was so happy yeah, about I it. I said, "Killed by a video effect." Yeah, and like you know, oh, David Lynch is back. I mean, I'm sure 100%. it's not actually video, but it it 100 captures that like yeah. video derived effect vibe that you see in his stuff all the time. Um, I mean, you'd you'd know better about than I about how it, that stuff would actually be created. But that's always what it's it all feels video like now, right? Me. I mean, it's yeah, digital well that, video. That's, that's true. Actually, but
0: yeah. it it I was. <laughs> I was for some reason thinking that in this age when it is very easy to create an effect in post-production that blends perfectly with the world, that Lynch wouldn't... That Lynch... But see, but just the guys
1: working a- for Lynch would okay. just by nature do it. But- see, here's the thing. I strongly suspect that that is also true in this episode. Like, I'm pretty sure... You could tell me if you think I'm wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure the initial... Sh- so the the initial exterior top down shot of Manhattan that's clearly a drone that's clearly drone footage, but I I suspect the exterior shot of the building itself was CG. I couldn't that tell. Was like I, I think that was just modern, really seamless. Like uh, I think so too. It's, it's CG. It's
0: we're, we're in a weird spot now. I when when that that establishing shot of the building of just the big anonymous brick building. I looked at that and I thought. Remember when like the Lord of the Rings movies came out and everyone got really mad at Peter Jackson because the, his, like cam- he introduced this type of camera work where the camera can just fly anywhere and get any yep. shot you possibly want and any establishing mm-hmm. shot is possible because it's in a computer. Now that everyone has tiny 4K cameras on quadcopters, you can just get that style of cinematography yep. where a camera can creep up a building and it's impossible to tell if they just found a side of a building that you would never usually be able to traditionally right.
1: film or if they...
0: CG affected yeah. that stuff
1: is everywhere now. I would say even especially in television, yes. where you typically don't have the like as much of a budget. to Any build a TV huge show can get a helicopter set. shot. I mean, yeah. Twin
0: Peaks, Twin Peaks, even now, like the establishing shots of the town of Twin Peaks in this show are things that you couldn't get other than in Fire Walk with Me in mm-hmm. in the '90s. Like I remember we talked about how specifically surprising it was that there were shots from inside helicopters and inside airplanes in Fire Walk with Me. Where yep. now the opening credits is just like a camera passing over the waterfall. And I thought it was really cool that Lynch was able to, I don't know if the shot of Manhattan was stock footage or if they explicitly filmed it, but I suspect that they filmed it because the, the way that the buildings are composed and sort of just the pacing and the way that the camera drifts He shot the skyline of New York the same way as the trees of Washington were shot, and I really thought that was cool. Like those (laughs) establishing shots felt compositionally identical until, yeah, the creep up the building that looked like yeah looked like it was digital replacement Mm -hmm. on top of an existing drone shot.
1: And so the main reason I bring that up, who knows? Well, so the main reason I bring that up is because I, at this point, watching sort of, you know, sumptuously made television, you're almost certainly seeing a lot more CG than you think you are. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's used these days in ways to just augment non sort of supernatural, non special effect. You you shoot a bunch of your show in in Los Angeles and then you you just
0: put the skyline in the background.
1: Seamlessly. And, And the reason the only reason I say that is because I think that it is notable and unsurprising to me that a director like David Lynch would use that stuff the way any other modern director does to sort of fill gaps in in cost effective ways to get shots that would be difficult to otherwise get. Yep. But when he wants something weird to happen on screen, he is absolutely going to do it His the way, way that he loves. And I, yeah, I and I I I think it's to, cool. to extend that observation, one of the first uh sort of below the line credits at the end of the show is is sound design David Lynch, and he is the only name credited yes. in sound design. Obviously, I'm sure there's a team of people doing sound mixing and all of the stuff that happens to make that stuff really sort of uh, final polish pass. But like sound design, <laughs> David Lynch, the end. Like that, the the way that he works with visual and audio effects is uh, never going to change. It seems. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Which whatever
0: that's great. That stuff is even more like like you like we like we keep saying. This, the way sound design works in this show across all scenes is way more like his films than it is like the TV yes, show. Like, definitely. It felt like he had a very specific idea of how he wanted music to work in the original season of Twin Peaks because everyone says that the weird music direction was 100% David Lynch, but he doesn't seem interested in that same conceit at all now.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is not surprising to me. I mean, he's always, I think, go- going back to his first film, I think he's always... Uh, done sound design on his movies, but as his f- filmography has progressed, he's. Be- I think he's become increasingly interested in sound design as the principal yes. soundtrack the, to his work. Yep,
0: and the its naturalistic but heightened stuff was very very present in this box
1: stuff. Like the way that yeah, the way that he, which is interesting because that's also actually a property of modern television. Yes, yeah, that's
0: true of just like aggressive Foley. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's the sort of it is something that you see in Lost or in like Breaking Bad or Just Better Call Saul. Any prestige television yeah, show, yeah, really. The, like yeah, the establishing shot that has it's fully
1: pumped way up. That has the white noise like very loud. Every footstep and sort of rustle is like really amplified.
0: It felt it. That's true. However, it felt. Like so much more of it was captured from in camera and kept in this show, Like you can hear the reverberation of the room in yeah. footsteps in this, as opposed to it being or the just, crisp Foley of a shoe. Or it's a very un- intentional pavement. recreation,
1: which yeah. is what I would guess. But yeah, yeah.
0: The um, but just the stuff that was the most notable to me about the glass room, other than just
1: <laughs> the crazy shit that happens. Other than
0: the crazy shit that happens, was just the way that David Lynch kept pointing the camera. Just the the repetition of the shot of yeah. the room of the camera, and you can sort of hear its electrical guts inside of it. Then the yeah. other camera, then the equipment, the shots then of the, the room.
1: wiring underneath the platform. Yeah,
0: just out. like the all of those felt th- th- like th- they felt imbued with some sort of meaning or intentionality beyond just being creepy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was not complicated. It was showing. It was. <laughs> camera lenses looking at things but yeah. i don't know it yeah. it was um yeah also that is the most mark frost construction in this I know, show really by is. by infinity <laughs> yeah, because um, you just you know that that technology is there to watch for someone crossing over in yeah, the way that in the way yeah. that like david bowie's character does in the movie or something that's what i kept mm. thinking about was like when he shows up like smoking uh I guess that was in a deleted scene. Jeez, when David Boy's character deletes oh, was, yeah. in Firewalk With Me, yeah. then appears and sears the wall, I think, right. in that yeah, hotel. Yeah. yeah. that That's all that I could think about when I was looking at this.
1: Uh, so we, next, I guess, big sort of thread to talk about is Cooper's Doppelganger. Yeah. Who doesn't do a lot specifically in this episode, but he shows up. He's just kind Kicks of a, a guy's ass effortlessly. He's like an asshole. Has bob hair, I think is notable. Yeah. Right. That's surely what that's intended.
0: He has Bob hair just sort of like Bob attire of just like, he looks yeah. like sort of like a greaser, like, like a greasy of, yeah. roadie. Yeah. 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 He seems to be very aggressive. Yeah. He can just kick people's ass with some sort of either skill or supernatural strength. Hard to know. He has a plan that is not, unfurled at all in this episode but it's very clear that he has this crew that has some operation going and he has some intention of what he's doing but we don't really get a sense of what it is yet right
1: what do you think yeah no what what do you think of the this is something I, I think about often with David Lynch's stuff and I never quite know how I feel about it it feels as though he has I think Twin Peaks is an example of this I think you go back to Blue Velvet to see examples of this I think he definitely associates in his work sort of unsavory characters and sort of like compromised morality with the outward like superficial ugliness or beauty or people who are mm-hmm. like deformed or like not well taken care of. Have you have you noticed that? I mean there's definitely a sort yes. of like physical decrepitude that often accompanies like morally compromised characters and groups. Yeah. And that that was I, like that I, that was brought to mind to me in Cooper's crew kind of zone
0: yeah it's he it's it's tough for me to unwind that entirely for myself because I think that's true and I'm always sort of worried that it's a judgmental thing and I can't tell how much of it is him just being like these are ugly people and how much of it is like it also it seems like there's an element of sympathy sometimes where he feels like a lot of the people that are in those groups, especially like they don't all seem to have agency. It seems like some of them are people who are like like the result of just like, this is like, like, you know, he, he puts people in that box and then also seems to feel sorry for them and convey both those things. And it's hard to be like, it's hard to, I don't know. I, I definitely, I don't feel that same person parallel between the aesthetic of a person's life and who that person is. And it's hard to know how much David Lynch just unthinkingly does that and how much yep. of it is him trying to say something. And I can never entirely I, untangle all of it. I,
1: I, yeah, I agree. It's tough. I do think he has sort of, to some degree, a fundamentally sort of conservative, and I don't mean in a political sense. I mean, in a sort of yeah. like sensibility sense, a sort of fundamentally conservative view of people in the world at least to some degree like what is that, a
0: virtuous person right uh, e- yeah.
1: exactly yeah and and that i was reminded of that in the uh, the cooper scene i think there's not enough going on yet to actually for that to actually be like a conclusion i'm drawing or anything it was yep. just sort of like knowing a bunch of other lynch work that was a dynamic that that yeah I, came to mind to me.
0: my read on that scene as it went like dev- devoid of any concrete reason to believe this yep. was this is cooper he is possessed by Bob. Bob has assembled a crew and found a location for himself that is evocative of the place that he used to be. Because yeah. like it looks and feels totally like that uh, gas station mm-hmm. room. Yep. Like That scene Definitely, felt yeah. like it was just sort of either the scum or the salt of the earth uh, who for whom life had gone bad and, yep. and or were explicitly criminals mm-hmm. all hanging out together in this dumpy-ass gross slimy wood room with people off in the shadows and sort of people drifting in and out. It felt very much like yep. this version of Cooper who is also I maybe Bob has just is no, 100% is yeah. either willingly on earth or is stuck on earth. I wasn't yep. entirely sure but has like Sort of recreated the familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I th- and to I th- what I th- purpose I don't know. I th- but
1: th- no, I, I think that's exactly. I think that's exactly it. Yeah, totally. Uh, um, also, how you, hilarious you- was just like opening scene of him his car driving down the road with that just super intense music behind it yeah i thought that was awesome it was it it was was...
0: hardcore lynch and then they just reveal that it's that
1: cooper where it's like the car you see
0: the the headlights and the music blaring and then the outside of the car and the music blaring and then like the headlights again yeah and then just get fucked it's agent cooper (laughs) in an outrageous wig dressed just like Yeah. Like, if Bob somehow was able to just spend 20 years on Earth, what would he dress like that, apparently, is what he would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that. It was good. Yeah. It was very good.
0: And then to have him get out of the car and immediately just kick some guy's ass. Fuck up a guy. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that looked like, yeah, it felt like the Terminator in Terminator 2 just destroying that guy to steal his motorcycle.
1: Right. The one that was even more intense to me was when he was sitting in the chair inside and the guy comes in and tries to attack him and he sort of just... Slid. That was a really great shot. Yeah. It felt really fluid. And yeah. I, yeah. It was, it was really well done. Um, so But yeah, but that was also... Yeah. There's not too much... Infinite questions about, raised and not yeah, answered, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. can sort
0: of guess a lot of what's going mm-hmm. on there.
1: So a lot more of the episode uh, was concerned with the whole thread in Buckhorn, South Dakota, yeah. which involves a weird murder with two different victims, sort of body swapped and uh the school principal Bill Hastings whose prints were all over the apartment he's brought in for questioning. Yeah. He sort of starts to fall apart during questioning. It's clear he's hiding something. Yeah. Um and uh I guess in episode 1 that's mostly what we see. Oh, there's all that stuff with the, stuff the with maintenance the guy and everything. That's God, that was hilarious to me. Oh, uh, that stuff didn't play
0: for me as well as I oh, hoped really? that it would. Okay. Yeah. Like I when I was watching all the stuff with the key and, you know, with the, the, the slow moving woman and the police were trying to get into her next door neighbor's yeah. apartment and she gives them the most circuitous route of like, oh, it's the manager will actually. If she has, seems
1: to have like memory problems it's, or something.
0: It's, you know, he's out of town, but his brother yeah. might have the key, but I don't know where his brother is. But the maintenance guy knows.
1: Yep.
0: I have the key because I'm supposed to water the plants. All yeah. of that stuff. It felt like stuff that I would have been so excited about had I read the script in advance and then would be let down by how Mm. it was actually conveyed. It just didn't quite hit for me because my expectation, maybe this is my fault, because my expectation for what style of Twin Peaks scene that was on the page feels didn't ring true to what was actually on the screen for Mm me, even though I did enjoy it for just like how laborious it was, and like sure, th- you know the weirdness of the maintenance guy, but it just it didn't quite click for me as well as like w- when you get to the most like deep seated versions of those in the twin Peaks that we've seen, it's stuff like the room service guy or sure you know yeah, or yeah. or
1: whatever where like i there's just more of a potency to it I just whereas didn't this f- felt like almost just sort of um like what is this it felt like an exercise end? in frustration yeah, which yeah, like
0: yeah. I appreciated it as that but I just it felt like the actors maybe didn't know how to sort of what marinate in that was as, yeah, yeah. As, as well as as sometimes I, I, that's a fair that's sometimes, a fair sometimes that stuff just like those like or the stuff in the bank in one of in the last episode of Twin Peaks with the old guy who just like goes back and forth.
1: Oh my god, I love that. I but like, love that. You're right. This was not even close. It, to, you, yeah. it just
0: didn't quite yeah, bathe in that. Even true, though I think yeah. on the page it was hoping it would, and it seems like maybe just Lynch rejected this scene being one of those, or he just wasn't in the mood for yeah. it to be that. But it.
1: No, it, you're you're convincing me here. I, I'm less positive about it than I was. I will say that the one thing that sort of maybe saves it a little bit for me was the complete straight man approach of the police yes. officers who didn't who are feel as though they are like inserted into this nonsensical situation, but yep. are completely like what? Are you kidding with this? Like they they felt like the They were they I thought did their
0: job. I didn't think the guy who played the maintenance guy and the woman uh the carried The absurdity of their characters as well as they could have, but I appreciate
1: how tightly that scene needs to be stretched. They maybe were not taught enough to.
0: Yeah, but whatever. I was glad that we were getting any of that sort of thing, and like you know, you're right. In the moment, I liked it, but then I flashed back to like my favorite Lynch, just chewing through Mm -hmm. the anxiety of scenes like that in the original show, and went, ah, maybe maybe they should have just left this one alone. There's
1: also, I guess, that one difference between, for instance, the. Bank vault scene, mm-hmm. the like milk scene. The, those how ha- the, the 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 room service guy scene that has like intrinsic tension because of the what's going on. Yeah. The bank vault scene, you don't necessarily know what the tension is, but something, something really happen. Like yeah. Well, something definitively does absolutely happen yes. that gives that whole thing sort of a capper. And neither of those two yeah. situations is is actually true That's, in this one.
0: When we at the at the beginning of this episode, when I was saying maybe Lynch is just not as interested in. Well, the thing is, this scene could have had that because a woman reported a smell in a room room and you know when they get into that room there's going to be something nasty that's true and that that sort of dual tension of there's an awkward person here who's preventing the police from getting to what they know they should be getting to lynch just didn't seem interested in that and seemed interested in this being a scene about frustrated and sad people and not about sort of the intensity of what's going on yeah um yeah and that's fair my my wishes for what that scene could be were not met were not met by what it was. <laughs> yeah. But I still
1: liked it, you know. So the uh, I think we'll talk more about the Bill Hastings stuff on the next episode. I don't know that there's any a lot to say unto itself. I really right liked now. the guy
0: who was cast as Bill Hastings oh, in his yeah, performance. I, I, I think agree. is good. That
1: guy's been around forever. He's been he in a has. ton of stuff, yeah. Um
0: both he and his wife I thought were, were good characters mm-hmm. that I mean, we see more of them in
1: future episodes, which is good. But yeah, you're right. Like it it was set up. Well, but oh, I also really, really, really like the, I guess he's the sheriff. Yeah. Or yeah,
0: he's good. That whole, that whole cast is good. There's part of me that, w- that wished, even though it would be too close of a parallel to the pilot, that the se- that the season had actually opened with the scene with the women and the cops in the, in the hotel in, in, uh, Instead of any of the Cooper in the, stuff
1: in the, the apartment building, yeah. yeah,
0: that like that this show had just opened with a murder out in the middle of nowhere with this new character yeah. and the sheriff, and we just—I don't know why
1: I want that, but it's like I don't—I don't feel that way because I because I don't yet know how significant this will be relative to other events. That's, that's like, true. It's hard to know. Yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from, though. In terms, I mean, it, it it is hard to deny that the first the first the pilot of Twin Peaks just has a sort of Motivation and thrust that sucks everything into its orbit in a way that is so compelling. Yep. Uh, But it
0: also would be be evocative to me. Uh, Like Twin Peaks opens with that. And then Fire Walk With Me more or less opens with Teresa Banks floating through the river and the words Mm -hmm. Teresa Banks. There's I had this opened with. Yeah that city and that woman in the hotel. Sure. I would have liked apartment, it. apartment, I think. Or in yeah. that apartment, it totally looks like they shot it in a hotel yeah. uh, or in a hotel that turned into an apartment. But yeah, you're right. Um, I don't, I'm not going to actually wish on them that they did something else. Sure. But, um,
1: yeah. Yeah. um Well, I think we, the we should definitely, definitely should talk about the four, I think, or so reintroductions we got of classic Twin Peaks characters. Yes. Um, the first of which, and I can't believe I did not realize this, was Doctor Jacoby, Dr. Jacoby in the woods. In the woods, yeah, he's living his shovels. He's living in an RV. He getting shovels. I didn't realize that was Jacoby. I didn't recognize him. Oh yeah, because uh, um, uh, um, the and reason he's got a gag with glasses. Yeah, like, the, are you kidding me? The reason, that you so didn't, good. the reason
0: that you didn't recognize him, I think, is because there's very few close-up shots. The shot has yeah, the scene has almost distant. no coverage. It's almost yeah. all big master shots that were shot almost the. It was the whole opening of this episode felt more like Twin Peaks than I was expecting, and as like like core core Twin Peaks. So that when it got into all of the sort of slow stuff with the guy in the box, Mm -hmm. I I wasn't I wasn't I was kind of thrown for a loop because we go from the scene with Cooper and the giant to that establishing shot of the RV out in the woods that felt totally like an establishing shot from Fire Walk with Me or something. Like the way that it was shot with. The sort of interleaving perspective of the trees and the the lived-in RV off in the distance, and it just being creepy for without having to do any work just because of where Lynch placed the camera. But yeah, then Jacoby, a, a, an anonymous man with huge welding glasses, walks out of the trailer, flips up the welding glasses to <laughs> reveal <laughs> really that underneath sunglasses. he's wearing Jacoby's red and blue sunglasses. Oh, so good. That yeah, that was a good character introduction. I I understand why. David Lynch, I don't literally understand why he kept it in a wide shot, but I mean, I understand, you know, that whole scene is shot very wide and sort of from afar and you never really get close up, but I wish in my heart as a dorky Twin Peaks fan that he had cut in close so we could see, yes, you could see (laughs) Russ Hamblin's face when he did that scene because you know that he played that moment big and you can just never see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we just see Jacoby silently receive some shovels and a bunch of other equipment in boxes Mm -hmm. from a guy in a truck and we don't know why
1: and then it... And then it cuts, it cuts mm-hmm. away. Yeah. Um, what's the next one of these? Uh, so the I don't remember the order, but there's there's um, Hawk and the Log Lady. Hawk and the Log Lady was the best. The best was the best with the dumbest line in the whole. When she episode. says,
0: "I'm gonna, I've got some po- coffee and pie for you." Oh no, 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 no. no. Oh, that's, oh, okay. That's
1: great. When she says, "Cooper is something." Is missing. It relates to Cooper. You need to find it. The way you find it will be related to your heritage. Yes. It's like, okay, hasn't Hawk gone through enough of this shit?
0: I know. I felt I felt bad for for everyone involved because of that. So, yeah, that that scene was the best. Uh, I, aside I, from I that, I loved everything else about
1: those scenes. Everything else. Catherine Coulson as the log lady does a f- fantastic, crazy job. She seems. I didn't the- know she was going to be in it. I did. Dead. Oh, I, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. And, that destroyed me knowing that she'd passed away and then seeing her as her character in this like terminal and state of terminal illness. She seemed like she played that
0: so well, yeah, too. I like, agree. she played the entire thing. Like, her. It was hard to know. So, both actors played it really well, I felt. Like, the way that Hawk um, refers to her character by her first name instead of calling her the Log Later, like he, in, he. I thought he always did. In the show, I thought, does he? Okay maybe that's because true because when
1: because right cuz when they go into her um when they take Cooper there for the first time I was watching this the other day and I should have written this down I guess but um uh when they take Cooper into her house for the first time and Cooper's, like impatient and Hawke sort of silences him and says oh thanks Margaret like we'll okay. have the cookies and cool. like, you know that's
0: and, i i couldn't remember what their relationship was yeah, before there was like
1: a gentleness between them that i always i thought was so touching and yeah. it was absolutely recaptured yeah
0: it it felt here. in this like like they were Old, old friends who maybe yeah. don't keep in touch that often, but when they do, it's always a meaningful it's conversation. Like the time hasn't passed at like, all. Like yeah, yeah. The, the, they both played that so well, and she played it like the fact that her log had a message for Hawk was actually hitting her at an emotional level that who knows how it actually tracks, but in the sort of Lynchian way, yeah. the fact that she was like on the verge of tears while having this conversation with it what seems great. like her old friend. Yeah, it, was so good. it played so well, and then like. That scene also, the things that she was saying, other than the stupid heritage line, when she said, like, something is missing as the message from the log, the thing that I thought of, which... Again, apropos of nothing, was for some reason that it was a reference to the formica table from Fire Walk with Me, and the chip that is gone, that is potentially oh, yeah. the stone in yeah, the ring, right. which relates to Owl Cave, which stupidly could be the thing that relates to Hawk's heritage. <laughs> oh, that was like the thing that my brain traced. That's is a like there's something in, like the something odds. involving. I don't know if it's that. It probably isn't. Yeah, but I was like, guess. I was like, you know, is the log for some reason referring to something involving yeah. that ring changing hands or something involving that? Yeah. Line probably not, but that was. I was like, "What is?" Because yeah. I, I feel like the piece missing from the table. I haven't. I need to rewatch Firewalk with me, but I feel like the 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 fact that there's something missing from the table is something that's actually commented on. Yeah, but I can't remember if that's commented on or if that's just something that fans get excited about. Right, I'm a bad podcast host. That's okay. Um, but yeah, the yeah
1: I that yeah. that scene was good. Other, Very good. other than the heritage cheese, yeah, but it's sort of like beautifully heartbreaking scene. I thought really is wonderful. Yeah. Um. I was so... Again, so glad she was in it because I thought she wasn't going to be. Yeah. Uh, All right. There was also the Horn Brothers. Yes. Holy crap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This scene was the scene that I missed Bad Lamenti's music the most. This scene Mm, was scored... Yeah, you're right. This scene was scored like modern Lynch stuff where there was no music and it was just sort of shuffling footsteps. Man... I was, I was just I like, <laughs> yeah, or just like <laughs> the, like the, the drum brush patter or something. Yeah, I was like, uh-huh. if it was there, I would have been happy. I was happy that it wasn't there, but it was like the way those actors were playing their characters and the way that the cadence uh, between yeah, them was it demands happening, that. Yeah. it was so like those guys fell back into their roles. I oh, felt like yeah.
1: per- perfectly. God, and, I wouldn't have. I would never would have recognized Jerry though if I didn't no. know. I mean, if they, if it wasn't clear. I think his costume hides a lot of what he looks like too. Yeah, like had I mean, he had he just got that had huge his
0: huge beard. If he had his '90s tiny glasses yeah. on and didn't have his hat on, I think he would recognize him. But instead, I imagine so. Yeah. But instead, he's a Washingtonian
1: boomer hippie now. Oh, Yeah, hilarious.
0: Jerry Horn making a ton With of his money leg- off now of legitimate business. His now legitimate weed business <laughs> is a is a correct trajectory oh, for that guy absolutely it's perfect that, yeah yeah well ben is still running the hotel business and seemingly Shopping has just a cigar. just kept doing like why wouldn't you if you run the only big hotel in a small town you would never redecorate your office you mm-hmm. would never ch- have to change anything yeah other than maybe like there's no mention of the department store maybe the horn empire has shrunk and gotten replaced with weed but like <laughs> that all tracks of course he still has the same stupid woodcut ben on his desk mm-hmm. because he would never yeah, get what, a new at, desk. Why uh, bother? He, yeah. Like, Also, he probably isn't a successful enough businessman to ever reapportion right. if everything. You're still,
1: if your office that you work out of every day is still in your hotel in this yeah. one little town, it's probably not the case that he has significantly grown his empire other than through Jerry's weed business. Right. So, <laughs> Or his edibles business. I mean, right. More Whatever it I guess. Is, yeah Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was very good. I mean, there's not a lot of substance there, other than just reintroducing us. It's interesting the order, like the order in which we're being reintroduced to these characters, because again, we know from casting that there's a ton of them in here. And I was, it was that scene was one of the first scenes in the episode,
0: and yeah, it was, it was very, really early. It yeah. was
1: very weird to me that that scene was in there as early as it was, but I didn't. It wasn't weird to me yet because I didn't know how little of the episode was going to end up being yeah. concerned with these characters. It
0: seems like we're just getting dots of these characters, and I mean, it seems inevitable that all of these things are going to slowly sort of congeal mm-hmm. and co- and coalesce into a into something but
1: mm-hmm. uh well yeah. and, and that was i believe was followed pretty directly by uh lucy and andy or at least lucy right who we see is named now nameplate says lucy brennan yes married to andy yeah
0: there's the the small scene with her and the insurance salesman comes up and says which and wants to talk to Sheriff Truman and she says which Sheriff Truman
1: yeah that was another one of those scenes that went on forever and was a little uh, felt like it overextended itself a bit for me but who knows Um, it was just a lot of back and forth where it seemed like the guy literally wasn't listening to what she was saying yeah I'm not sure like did he not know the one he was the first name of the one he was looking for it seems like yeah it seems I, I guess we'll just have to see if that ends up actually being something or if it's just a sort of twin peaks wackiness i was
0: slightly disappointed that everyone seems to have literally the same job like the fact that hawk isn't just the sheriff even since mm. sheriff truman isn't in the show felt weird the fact that like it's still deputy andy it's still deputy chief hawk and maybe sheriff truman's son has now eclipsed all
1: of them to become the sheriff that was the implication at least when when, when she said two sheriffs, which yeah. sheriff truman yeah, 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 yeah. like there's the actual Sheriff Truman, and like, then there's like, we still call him Sheriff Truman. Yeah, like, if yeah, that's true,
0: what a crappy situation for Andy and Hawk that they were passed over by <laughs> some guy's kid. Like, why isn't Hawk the sheriff if that's the case? Yeah, but that's true. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah,
1: we'll see. Yeah, 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 but um, that's, that's true. I, I'm not necessarily bothered by that yet, mainly because I so much of the rest of the show is so different, and so, yeah. so many new elements are being introduced, but it, I, I also don't yet know what the overall balance is. Yeah. Of material is going to be so who who knows oh i know just it yeah. was just it was a just a tiny like lame no, no, fanboy I, detail No, that's funny when you think about the sort of theoretical job progression that is a bummer for hawk
0: maybe. yeah andy I, um that's less andy maybe never had yeah. aspirations but hawk yeah. already was on the leadership chain right. so if he yeah. spent 25 years as de- deputy de- deputy chief i hope he had a good reason for that being right. the case yeah uh, and i hope that yeah. mark frost and david lynch did it. otherwise it just seems like casual racism in the workplace uh, it's his
1: heritage, Jake.
0: Oh my God! <laughs>
1: uh, uh, all right. Well, I think that is the that is all of the. Uh, there's the
0: tiny scene. Oh, uh, for
1: ketchup, which is Andy
0: shows up. Um, oh, that's true. Yes. I just fidgeted with my phone a bunch and accidentally threw my notes in the trash, and then also threw them in the permanent delete trash. So I accidentally erased everything that I wrote down about this episode. Uh, Good thing we just recorded a <laughs> podcast about yeah, it. Yeah, but there's just that tiny scene in the first episode I, uh, where. Hawk relays that he got the call from the log lady and they bring out the big
1: dumpster files with the red X's on them. Oh, that was in the first episode? I thought it was. Oh, sorry. Okay. I totally, I remembered that as being in the second, but I bet you're right.
0: And Andy shows up and Hawk says, Andy, go get all the stuff about Agent Cooper. And then I think he says, I'll get the donuts and the coffee, which is like the most. I think you're right. uh, That's like the only sort of like loving wink to Twin Peaks nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was there. Oh, and then we didn't talk about how the episode ends, which is the best the best of David oh, Lynch yeah, 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 of yeah, all yeah. time. With yeah. you know, they have the warrant to go through um Will Hastings. To go through the Hastings car. household and yeah. through his car. And then the the investigating officer says something's wrong my flashlight broke but the, yeah, way his, the, way, the way his flashlight broke is makes it just go bah, ominously bah, blink. Bah. Just yep. obviously blink it didn't break he's just an old man and that light has a blink function but uh <laughs> the, sh- the, the episode ending with the flashlight just going bah, 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 blinking on that piece of flesh in yeah. the back of the trunk yep was very good yeah. and very cheesy Also, um, I have no idea what to make of the Bill Hastings case or of his involvement in the murder and what he's hiding and what he's not saying. Obviously, there's more going on than he is willing to admit. Also, maybe more is going on than he is consciously willing to admit, and I'm not sure what the deal is with that. But opening the trunk and seeing the big pile of uh, fishing gear that then has a piece of human flesh under it Mm -hmm. was a thousand million bajillion percent evocative of Leland Palmer having his golf clubs in the trunk and Maddie Ferguson's body being buried underneath it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that immediately was like, you know, how aware...
1: I mean, this is maybe an idiotic thing to say but we don't technically know it's human flesh do we
0: no there's just there's just organic remains in the car and we don't know yeah i don't know what that is but it's just yeah i i don't i'm not saying that to immediately be like oh obviously no i know i know i mean i think that's what most people would assume to to draw but it was very it was Mm -hmm, very reminiscent of that i mean the the investigators never actually go past the golf clubs and find Maddie's body in that scene in, in season two of Twin Peaks, but that sort of benign like American guy crap in a car that then yeah. has creepy shit underneath it, mm-hmm. almost to the point of being on the nose. I so, mean, David
1: Lynch loves that stuff, right? Yes. Blue Velvet, the way that movie opens and then what the entire rest of the movie is. Yes. yeah. yeah. Um, I guess that that is, to quickly go back, that is, I suppose, a slight rebuttal to my thing about David Lynch associating sort of outward um, like decrepitude within or decrepitude. He also, He's also clearly very concerned with um, – he's, he's very interested in c- uh, facade of yes. American kind of uprightness. It all kind of cuts both hiding. ways because
0: a lot of the sort of weird shadow people and people who are like physically n- – not average end up often being the messengers of truth or the people who end up delivering salvation or the information that you need to redeem yourself or to sort of uncover the the shadows like what's or what what is in the shadows of the sort of you know benign and pristine american life that secretly contains a ton of dark shit yeah yeah
1: Yeah. well on that on secret american (laughs) life American life secretly containing a ton of ton of dark shit. Twin Peaks. Uh, we will be back later this week for our episode on the second. Um, oh, do we want to do any reader mail? Oh, we didn't put any aside. Oh yeah, maybe we. are already past an hour. Maybe since, this, let's,
0: since these episodes aired as a two parter, let's do reader mail later next later this week. So if you have thoughts on the first two episodes of Twin Peaks, The Return. Yeah. Write write us to twinpeaks at autothumbs.net.
1: And feel free to write us email about any of the first four or whatever you've seen so far. But please, in the subject line, if you could, just to help us out, could you indicate what episodes it pertains to? Because we are trying to sort of do our best to preserve the sensation of of watching these one at a time, even though that may not be how most of them are watching now, but for posterity, for posterity we and want to do it the same way we did the original. And run.
0: because that rhythm is going to be maintained for the middle, like 13 weeks of this season. So yeah. we're sort of trying to keep
1: it consistent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but please do write in. We love, we love getting your emails. That was a real fun part of yeah. the, the original one of this show.
0: Again, the email address is twinpeaks at idle thumbs dot net. Also, uh, we have a forum at twinpeaksrewatch.com that has threads for every episode Um, it starts off as a place to just sort of discuss the episode as you watch it and then we paste the episode into that thread and it sort of becomes a general discussion Mm -hmm. place about that episode. Both episodes 1 and 2 have forum threads that already have some good discussion going on so if you're looking for a place online to just talk about Twin Peaks as you watch it um, our forums are a good place to go. They've traditionally had really great discussion if you listen to
1: our rewatch of seasons 1 and 2 you'll remember that was a huge piece of it too And finally one new thing is that we these episodes are exist not just in podcast form but also in video form. If you go to our website twinpeaksrewatch.com on the episode page for each episode on the sort of standalone page for each episode there uh, will be a video embedded yep. at the top and if it's not out right when the episode comes out it'll be out Probably later that day.
0: So, if you prefer watching things on YouTube to listening to them on podcast, if you just want to hear this
1: exact content but see <laughs> us, if you want to be creeped out by us not looking like what you expected us to look like, which is, here. seems to be a common experience, uh, that's that's available. Anyway, you can all watch. Of this. You can
0: watch me fidget with and probably find the exact moment at which I delete, delete the <laughs> notes from this week's episode during the middle of this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, all right. So this has been a, a long episode for this show. They'll probably settle back into a, a more, like more forty minute typical episodes, length yeah. as as you know we're just watching episodes one by one but again thanks for joining us all the stuff that we mentioned can be found somewhere or another at twinpeaksrewatch.com please do tell a friend if you enjoy listening to this along with watching the show that is the only way we spread the original show and we really really appreciated all the word of mouth we got meant a lot to us and again we'll be back in a few days for idle thumbs i am chris remo i'm jake rodkin all right goodbye goodbye